Open up your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. I had this big introduction planned for myself, but they took it all. <laughs> I'll say it anyways. Uh, I'm secondary principal here, and I was the one that sent the sound crew on the wild goose chase for the, for the song. That was me. Um, but we're in, we're in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Um, you know, we, we typically look at the books of First and Second Timothy as an instruction booklet for pastors. And, and rightly so, because Timothy was a young pastor, and a lot of things in the, in the books uh, in First and Second Timothy are instructions on how the church ought to operate. Um, but sometimes I think we also miss that Timothy is also a child of God. And I think some of these things that Paul is writing to Timothy apply to him as a pastor, and I think some of these apply to him as a child of God. And I think that's important not to miss that, because I think this that we're talking about today applies to us as children of God. Um, and so we're in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now let me say um, that the title for my message today is The Need for Christian Schools. And it is still, I was, they asked me to speak, so I kind of continue the, the Christian School Sunday uh, theme. Um, and I will reference uh, Pastor Nichols' message a lot, so hopefully you guys were here in that. If you were not, then you can go home and watch it live uh, on the live feed or whatever after this, uh, replay it, um, because I think it'll be a a good help, and I think they go together well, uh, I think. Um, But I hope that this title um, does not lose the fact that I think there's application here for us all tonight. Uh, And so don't let this title, don't even let this passage that it's typically for pastors. This passage we're dealing with today is almost usually used exclusively for pastors. But I want you to see and I want you to think, can I apply this for all believers? Can I apply this to myself? And so we're in, we're in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Uh, and read with me here in verses 1 and 5. It says, I, I charge thee therefore... Before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and they shall be turned unto fables. But wash thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist and make full proof of thy ministry. Let's pray and we'll dive into it today. Uh, Dear Jesus, I pray that uh, you'll be with me today. Father, give me grace. Father, I pray that uh, your word will make an impact on our lives. Uh, Father, I pray it's it's not things that I say, but that your word uh, will make an impact for us today, that that we'll be able to apply it uh, and that you'll challenge our hearts and help us to have an open heart for this. So we pray this in your name. Amen. Um, In... 2 Timothy chapter 4, um, he begins with these, two, with these words, and, and um, you'll see my, my main points I just took straight from, from the scripture today. Um, but our first one we're going to talk about is the charge. We're going to talk about the charge, and we're going to talk about uh, the need and the, and the challenge. Uh, and then I threw an extra one that I didn't give the slide people, but that'll be, um, well, Pastor Self put this together, so special thanks to, to Pastor Self and me. But I didn't give him my last one, which is the example, and so we'll, we'll cover those today. So this first thing is the charge. He says, I charge thee. Uh, this is a this is a a thing that that Tim Paul is telling Timothy. This is what you need to do in your ministry. Okay, if you keep this on the forefront of your mind, this is how you be successful. Right? 
uh, a lot of times we'll give a charge to our seniors. And it's our challenge to the seniors saying, hey, when you come forth, remember this and live it, and you'll have success in this. I charge you, I challenge you to do this. And so he says, I charge you, Timothy, okay, to do this thing. Now he says, the next word, I charge thee, therefore, okay? Mr. Fraser did an excellent job showing us what therefore meant on Wednesday, if you were there on Wednesday, okay? Whenever we see therefore, we have to say, well, what is the therefore, therefore, okay? If you were there for Mr. Fraser's lesson, the therefore was the very last verse of a very long chapter. I think it was 58 verses, and so we had to go through the entire chapter to figure out, hey, what is this therefore, therefore, okay? Well, this, I find it funny that a lot of times we'll see therefore in the first verse of a chapter. So we always have to go back a lot of times to the previous chapter and say, well, well, what is this therefore, okay? So what is he talking about in 2 Timothy chapter 3? In 2 Timothy chapter 3, look at verses 1 through 8 first. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Jannings and, and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. I find it interesting, he says, the last days, these things are going to come. And it just, to me, it just seems like he's describing these days, doesn't it? disobedient to parents, blasphemers, without natural affection, despisers of those that are good. It's like he's describing our generation. And, And he says, because the world is so dark, look at verses 12 and 13. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. He says, I charge thee therefore because of what's to come, because of how dark the world is going to be, I charge thee. Let that be for us. Because of how dark the world is now, the, the generation that we live in, let's take this charge. I charge thee, therefore. I do like how he ends in, in chapter 3 with verses 16 and 17, but we'll come back to that. But he says, I charge thee, therefore. He says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. In front of God who knows and sees all. This terminology is taken from a courtroom where as the Lord is my witness, I charge you. And he says, I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. God's going to come back and he's going to judge. And, and he judged Christians for, for the work that they do, for our good works. And he's going to come back and he's going to judge us. And, and he says, uh, at, at that appearing, the appearing uh, was used of, of a, that word was used of Roman emperors who would visit a province or town. And before he came, everyone got their act in order. I, I try to think of what we could liken this to today. Anybody ever work in the food industry? Okay, several. Okay, 
this is like when the health inspector comes. Okay? When the health inspector comes and you're in the food industry, you start to do everything right. Okay? It is a bigger deal than when the, when the owner comes. Okay? The, the, the food inspector, the health inspector. If you do a bad job, you may, you may lose your job. If you do a really bad job, the entire restaurant may shut down. Okay? This is a big deal. And so when the health inspector comes and somebody sees it, well, they go around, they tell everybody, the health inspector's here. Health ins everybody starts washing their hands all of a sudden. Right? They all start like cleaning all the surfaces. They're just going overboard. If you go to a restaurant that failed on their health inspection, just know that their every day is always worse than their health inspection day. Okay? Unless something crazy happened and cockroaches came out that are never there, okay, it, it is probably worse on the every day than when the health inspector comes because when the health inspector comes, you get your act in order, right? When Jesus comes... We need to have our act in order, right? And, and the Lord is going to come back, and he's going to, at his appearing, he's going to judge us for our works. And so because of all of this, Timothy says, I charge thee, therefore, to, to do these things in, in light of this. And so what is this charge? Well, he says, preach the word. Preach the word. Now, like I said, this is usually taken just for pastors. And we apply this strictly for pastors. Do pastors preach the word? Yes. Yes, they do. Are they the only ones that preach the word? I'm going to say a passage to you that I think we know, and I'm going to stop, and I want you to say the next word. And he said unto them, this is from Mark 16, 15, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, now, that message was given to, to the 11 apostles that were left standing there. But we don't sit there and say, well, that's just for them. They were the ones who were supposed to go out and preach the gospel. No, we take that and we apply that to, to all Christians, don't we? And yet a lot of times we come to this passage that says preach the word, and we say, oh, that's just, that's just pastors. No, we all should preach the word. We all should preach the gospel. And we all can preach the word. Notice it says preach the word. Preach the word. That idea of preach is the idea of a herald. Okay? A, a herald came and gave the message that the king gave. The king tells the herald to say something. He goes to the people and he says what the king says. He's got the power of the king, the full authority of the king on him. However, he is not to change the word. He's not to manipulate the word. He is supposed to just deliver the word. Can't we all do that? Can't we all preach the word? We're not talking about our opinions. We're not talking about having to put together a, a big outline and, and three major points and putting together this big sermon. No, preach the word. We can do that. And that's something that we can all do. Preach the word. And he says, preach the word. Um, and then he says, be instant. In season, out of season. Be instant. In season, out of season. Um, what does it mean, in season, out of season? Uh, be instant. Um, sometimes maybe you go to the grocery store and you'll only buy certain fruits when they're in season, right? Uh, strawberries. When are strawberries in season? Yeah, right. oh, now, okay. Uh, so you go to the straw. You may go to the, and get strawberries now, right? But, you know, in, in a couple of months, maybe you won't go because they're out of season. You're either in season or you're out of season, right? In other words, all the time. 
all the time, okay? Um, in, uh, for a pastoral, my undergrad, they, they always drilled in us for pastors to always have a, a sermon ready, that, that this meant always have a sermon ready, because you'll never know when you'll be called to preach or when somebody's sick, and you just always have to be ready, right? Well, we always have to be, the idea is, is to be uh, readiness and, and, and have urgency. And, and Pastor Nichols did a great job explaining this, right, with, with Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verses 6 and 7. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 and 7 says, These words which I have commanded thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. All the time. All the time be ready. When thou sittest down. When you're sitting in the car, on the way to church, on the way to school. That's when we have to be ready. That is when my son is always talking to us, right? Uh, we, we are on a, on a, in the car on our trip from, we live 25 minutes away, on our trip from there to here, there is not a quiet moment in the car, okay? And, and, and they're just talking, and they're talking and talking and asking questions, and we have to be ready to, to preach the word. Now, it says being, we're not, I think we're not, we may not always feel 100% ready. And I don't think that's necessarily, when you're not 100% ready, that doesn't mean don't do it, okay? Um, for some reason today, there was like five people that asked me, are you ready? Are you ready to preach tonight? No, I'm not ready. Okay? I, I never feel ready. I, I, I am up to the last second looking over my notes and, and trying to study things. And no, I, I never feel ready, okay? But we're not talking about feeling ready, but just be ready to give the word, okay? Um, and... and like my, my, my son was a perfect example. The other day, um, we, we, were, we were going in the car, and I was going to teach for Awana that night. And so I was like, I'm going to tell him what I'm, what I'm teaching on. And, and it happened to be the same verse that he was, one of the same verses that he was memorizing for his Awana class, right? And it happened to be the same story that um, Pastor Nichols started uh, the message with this morning, the, the parable of Jesus and the door for the sheep, right? And so we were, I was talking through that passage with him, and we were talking about how Jesus is the good shepherd, and he gives his life for the sheep. And my son had a really good question. If the shepherd gives his life for the sheep, and he's died, are the sheep really safe? I was like, that's, that's a good question. I didn't have an answer right there, okay? But then, as I was teaching through that in my Iwana class, it, it hit me. Our good shepherd laid down his life for us, and then rose again again. And because of that, because of his resurrection, we're protected. And so he is the good shepherd. And so on the way home, I had to take him back and be like, I had to answer his question then, right? But we have to be ready when it comes forward because sometimes we miss that opportunity and we may circle back to it, but it's not fresh in their minds and they, don't, they won't care about it as much anymore, right? And so we have to be ready. We have to be instant in season. Well, how can we be ready? Well, we have to be in it. We have to know it. We have to study it, right? Um, we have to be able to have these verses come straight to our minds so we can talk about it. Um, even when we're driving, we don't have a Bible right in front of us. You know, can we um, be instant, um, in season, out of season? And, and so he says, preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. And doctrine. That idea of, of reprove is to correct or convince. Again, that's a legal term. It means to, to present your case to convince your opponent of his wrong. 
um, the way I saw this explained that makes the most sense to me is, is reprove would be intellectual. Rebuke is moral. Here's something wrong that you're doing, and this is what's right. Okay, so there's, there's the intellectual part of it, uh, proving your point, and then there's the, the rebuke, the, the, the moral aspect, and then there's exhort, the, the emotional. And, and all of those are there in God's Word. All of those can be used by preaching God's Word, exhorting that, the encouraging, the admonishing. You know, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3 ended with verses 16 and 17. It says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I think that's a part of that therefore. When he said, I charge thee therefore, I charge thee because the world is so dark, but God's word is so powerful. I charge thee to preach the word. I charge thee to preach the word. And so that's the charge. But let me go over the need. For the time will come. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own loss shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and they shall be turned unto fables. Pretty sure now because you don't know how much longer they're going to listen. Can you guys put up the, the chart I have? This is a chart I found. It's, um, these are percentages where they surveying people, and they're asking people, um, and this is the, um, this is the Barna Group one. Um, they're asking these people when they left the faith. These are people that have walked away from Christianity, and they said, well, at what point did you do this? When I was in high school, I heard this statistic over and over again. And, and it's one of the things that drove me into pastoral and to really gave me a passion for the youth. And is that, that is the, the sad statistic of how many people leave the faith after high school. There, it was a staggering amount. That's the way it used to be. Look up at the screen. And, and I think I have one circled here. Okay, yes. And, and that 65 plus, it used to be that, that 47% that they were surveying the, the older generation, 65 plus, and this is when they said, if they walked away from the faith, this is when they did it, during their college years. And that's the way it used to be. What happened is, just like this verse said, they're heaping, they're heaping these instructors according to their itching ears after their own lusts. Hey, here's a, here's a professor that's saying this thing, and, and I have these, these peers that are saying this, and my philosophy instructor, well, he says... Partying is just my natural instinct, and uh, if I if I party more, I'll be happy. And they're 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 it's according to their lust, and they're heaping together all these professors that are anti-biblical, and they were walking away from the faith. But that's not happening anymore. Look at the eighteen to twenty-nine. Seventy-nine percent of millennials said they were walking away from the faith before they graduated high school. Before. They already made that decision in their mind. This was taken, um, no, this one was taken from the 538 website, which is a big uh, number crunching website. They're, 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 uh, they're math nerds. Um, they do a bunch of sports stuff and they do a lot of political stuff. Um, and they said one of the reasons for, for this, they thought, was, was well, a lot of the millennials and the younger generation, they don't have that 
church background that the older generation had. They're just going to church once a week or once a month. Maybe not at all. One of the things I see, sports taking up church attendance and, and things like that, right? And, and that foundation was lacking. But also, number one, I think current public schools were everything that the current public universities used to be that we used to say, this is horrible, horrible, they're leading our kids astray. Well, it's public schools now. But that's, that's not the only thing because this is, they're, they're interviewing um, people that were from Christian homes. And some of these guys were going to Christian schools. And this is what I saw from my friends. And this is one of the things that I saw that, that really drove me to ask this question, why is this happening? Because I'd have these friends that would go to Christian, the same Christian churches and the same Christian school that I was going to, but they chose a different path. And I'm like, why? Look at this verses again in verses 3 and 4. For the time will come where they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Look, they're doing it according to their lust, and they are heaping teachers. Our current generation is heaping teachers taller than any generation before. Just picture a heap, a pile. Our current generation of, of young people have more teachers that they are heaping together than any generation before them. Well, how are they heaping this together? I need to know who I'm dealing with today, so I need to ask you guys some questions. How many of you guys have ever heard of TikTok? Raise your hand if you've heard of TikTok. Okay, and, okay well, okay, a trendy crowd. All right, so I won't go into that a whole lot. Very good, okay? Um, this is something that I, I am seeing, that they're getting their doctrine from TikTok. And I've seen some of that. It's appalling. Not sound the doctrine. It's a, it's a little clip of some guy who says, well, this verse means this, and it's after their lust and their itching ears that they hold on to this. They're getting their doctrine from TikTok. They're getting their values from Instagram. They're getting their friends from Roblox. They're getting their language skills from chat rooms. Their philosophy from pop music. Their celebrities now are YouTubers. And they have at their disposal, a whole heap of teachers. A whole heap of teachers. And, 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 it's, and, and you guys know this. Uh, if you're on Facebook, I'm, I'm told the young kids are not on Facebook, but the old people are. <laughs> not that you're old, but I'm, any, anything older than me is old, okay? So that's, that's the cap, okay? Um, I'm on Facebook, and they, they, the young kids, they say they're not. Um, but any social media, it all works the same. You, 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 you click on a video, and what happens is, is we call it um, an echo chamber. And it can be really dangerous. You, you click on one video, and they begin to show you other videos like that video. And, and these algorithms kick in, and they show you things only according to your interests. So they watch one video on TikTok after their lusts that sound good to them. Some doctrine from TikTok... What's going to come up? Other junk that's just like that. And it's even helping them heap that much more teachers without sound doctrine. And this is... Sometimes 
that number. Even when I'm practicing the sermon, it's tough. Having a kid. But that's the world, and that's what we have to deal with. That's the need. We need Christian schools. And so we have this challenge, and this challenge is tough, guys. Look at verse 5. Let me, let me go on another tangent. If you go to the next slide real quick. I'm going to go through this tangent really quickly. It was a planned tangent. Um, top four reasons parents choose Christian schools. Go ahead and put them all up there. Um, they were checking these people of why they choose Christian schools, and these were the number ones. Number one was safety. Uh, they're looking at for safety for their kids, whether it's just, uh, you know, the paint that's used that's not lead-based or, or what, and, and their social safety and their physical safety, they're not being bullied, all that stuff taken into consideration. Is there safe to ask questions? Uh, quality teachers. Then the main thing there was, do the teachers care about them? Do the teachers, um, are, are they uh, approachable uh, for the parents? Are they accessible? Um, and then academic excellence, character development, and spirituality. You know, that's why people choose these Christian schools, but I'm seeing, guys, a lot of parents, and I know I, I pointed that 79% out, but they're leaving in high school maybe when, if that wasn't the case, maybe they'd be leaving in college because so many people I see now use this to select their schools, their high schools, but for some reason all these go out the window when it comes to college. Secular universities, are those safe? Have you, have you read the news? Do they have quality teachers that care for the students that are praying for them? That's huge, guys, that, that prayer. Academic excellence, can I tell you something? If it's contrary to this, it's not academic excellence. It's not. Character development, spirituality, if that's so important for us for high school, why is that not important for college? Um, but look at the challenge. I, I, I have to go quickly. Watch thou in all things. This, this is the most difficult of all. And, and you know what? I, I picture, I say challenge because these things are difficult. We have to watch in all things. Notice who he puts this on. He does not put this on the church. Paul doesn't. He puts it on Timothy, who is the pastor of the church. He's telling Timothy, because these people aren't going to listen to sound doctrine, you have to watch in all things. Our children, we cannot put it on them to watch in all things. That is us on parents, grandparents, Sunday school teachers, Christian school teachers. It's going to take everybody. We have to watch in all things. It's going to take some of us working together, communicating with one another. I, you will be surprised at how many times um, I'll have a, a child come into my office troubled for something and... and the parents that doesn't happen. My kid doesn't do that. Just recently, uh, somebody was on TikTok. My kid doesn't have a TikTok. Found out he was getting on it. They were getting on it at the grandparents' house. It, we have to be so diligent, and it is so difficult to watch in all things. It, I, when I say watch, I, oftentimes I'll, I'll picture uh, the watchman at a castle. And then, you know, they have the walls of the castle, they have a moat. Somebody comes up to the moat, and, and the watchman says, Halt, who goes there? And if everything checks out, you know, we drop the drawbridge, and we pick the drawbridge right back up when he's in, right? I think some of us need on our devices and things a moat, walls. We have to watch in all things. We have to vet it. And, and just another thing on, on TikTok. I mean, last year, uh, there was a child who got in trouble for TikTok 
um, dancing to music with, with swear words and stuff in it. And I brought the, the mom in, and she was shocked that that would be a, a bad thing. And they were like, well, all the kids are on TikTok. And then she said this. Well, that's, that's all that's on TikTok is music with swear words. And I'm thinking, if you know that that's all it's on, like, it doesn't make sense to me. And we have to watch in all things. We have to endure afflictions. It'd be so much easier just to let things go. So much easier. But we can't. The, the, the teacher, that is reproving, rebuking, and exhorting, they may not be the most popular teacher. We have to endure afflictions. Um, 2 Timothy 3, verses 11 and 12, persecutions, afflictions, which came to me in Antioch and Iconium. Oh, I'm sorry, let's go verse 12. Yea, in all that we live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We can expect it, and we have to endure it. Do the work of an evangelist. I find it interesting he's telling Timothy, pastor of the church, who churches particularly for, for saints, to still do the work of the evangelist. Even if, even if you don't, even if you think they might be saved, we should still be doing the work of an evangelist, preaching the gospel. And then finally, make full proof of thy ministry. Maybe some of us need to get a ministry first. And, and I, I am a firm believer in thinking that, that everybody ought to serve. But this idea of make full proof, when people look at you, do they say, that person, his ministry is Sunday school. He's a Sunday school teacher. I've heard people say this about Mr. Frazier. He's a teacher. Even people I just sit in a Sunday school class, they'll say, that, that person right there, he's a teacher. He's made full proof of his ministry. We'll look at Mr. Nichols. That person's an educator. I have an education question. I'm going to go to Mr. Nichols. He's an educator. Maybe people will say, that person's a servant. I know that, person's, that person has a, a, a heart to do work. Make foolproof of thy ministry. Maybe get a ministry. It, our children are in a, a very tough spot. And I'm going to tell you that I know I had titled this The Need for Christian Schools, and I believe there is a need for Christian schools today because I think it, it takes a lot of people to watch in all things. But I think there's things in here we need to apply to ourselves. And, and like I said, uh, the last point, you know, we have an example in verses 6 on. It says, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appear- appearing. Are we able to say we fought the good fight? Can we say we fought the good fight for our children? That'd be a challenge to us. Uh, Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. I put a charge, and I want to make sure I have an opportunity to to pray for those that, that took the charge. If you say, you know, I'm... Part of that that needs to preach the word better and be instant. If that's you today, can you please raise your hand? I, I just want to pray for you at the end. Thank you. Maybe you're here today and you say, I need to make foolproof of my ministry. 
And how do you make sure that I'm doing my part with my ministry? If that's you, please raise your hand. And then lastly, if you're here today and you say, I need to help, watch in all things. I need to do a better job of that. If that's you, can you raise your hand? I'm going to pray for you now. And while I'm praying for you, I want to challenge you. Pray for our young people. Pray for the parents. Pray for the teachers. Pray for the Sunday school teachers. Such a hard thing to watch in all things. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I come before you today, Father. I I thank you for those that that say, "I, I want to take this charge of preaching the word. I want to study it more. I want to be instant with it. Uh, Take advantage of every opportunity. Father, I pray you'll help them to do that. Father, I pray for those that are in ministry and want to make sure they are doing uh, the proper work of it and making full proof. Lord, help them to be servants. And Father, for those that want to do a better job with with helping the, the young generation watch in all things, Oh, Father, I pray it will help us set the, give us wisdom. Help us to set the right safeguards in place. Help us to watch. Uh, We pray this in your name. Amen.